What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Ask LFC podcast. My name is Harrison. Good to be with you here with Mike Moses, lead pastor of Lake Forest Church, Huntersville. And this will always be audio only. We will never add the YouTube version where you can just watch a video of people recording a podcast because then people would know how stupid and silly I look <laughs> with the intro and outro music. There's, so this is a podcast. Yeah, yeah. There's, audio. There's some dance moves that happen pretty much every time. So mm-hmm. I mean, chair dancing. I can try and describe them to you, but yeah, y- you, you know, if chair dancing was a thing, we can we you can know, just, I might join that club. We'll let that exist only in the wonder <laughs> of your imagination. <laughs> hey, as you today listen. we're going to um, uh, talk about uh, it's a tale of three books, three books that are influencing me, our staff, and elders. Uh, right now in this season of our ministry, as John Maxwell famously said, leaders are readers. And so uh, I just thought it'd be good for you to know the books that we have chosen carefully to be growing and influencing our staff and elders, and then one just for me. That sounds good. I, as, a, as a precursor, Mike, I'd be curious, and I haven't prepped you to ask this question, but one thing I've I've uh, learned and done some myself with various teams that I've led here since I've been at Lake Forest is um, orienting some meeting times around groups going through books together. How how have you found, at, just as a leader, as a principal on top of all this, sitting down with a group of people to have a kind of a material to focus on? How's that, how, how has that helped steer some conversations in good directions with you as you lead teams? It's, it's helped in two ways. Number one, uh, meetings. It, it it helps it helps focus on the fact that uh, that what we are doing uh, th- that we are per- to be we want to be an organization or a church of perpetual learners. We don't have it all figured out. We're not just sitting here. It's all figured out. We're disseminating the stuff we figured out. <laughs> yeah. um, so it keeps a, a posture of humility and learning from others, and that we're an organization or a church that is humble to the influence of out of those outside the church. Number two. I sometimes use it to get an idea or a way of thinking or a type of uh, an emphasis in theology into our staff and elders that are I already have or want and I've been saying it but when when they read it together from an outside authority they're like oh that's really good and they will forget that I ever said it and it's which is fine and give the credit to the outside person, but now it permeates our... So sometimes I have an agenda, a very specific agenda. I want to get something into our culture, and that's the truth about one of these three books that I'll break down today. Then other times, uh, with uh, two of these books, there are things I just want to learn more about. Sure. I mean, I just want to... Um, I want to get better at, and I want to do that with the people I'm leading, the most important... Tasks of ministry. Tasks of ministry. I forbade some years ago. Uh, we had a staff member who was posting uh, years ago Dilbert cartoons on their on their office door on our office hallway, and you know Dilbert's funny, uh, but it's like off its cynical cubicle farm office humor about the the deadening effect of office and meeting life. It's sure. it's sort of implicitly negative. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I did something I rarely do, Harrison. I forbade it. That's even a that's even a forbidding sounding word. I, I forbade forbade Dilbert <laughs> cartoons <laughs> on um, staff doors because it 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 it, it sort of 
lets in the door a cynical view of meetings. Oh, I got to go to a meeting. Mm-hmm. I got to meet me. Hey, Tuesdays from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m., I get to meet with the kicktail leaders anointed by God to plan the worship of God of the people of God every Sunday. Yep. I love it. <laughs> I, that's not a meeting. So a book study helps to uh, ward off that that uh, creeping, cynical view of when you get people together about important thi- A meeting is getting the right people in the room about important matters mm-hmm. to move forward, in our case, regarding the people of God and their discipleship. So, okay. That's all. Well, what I've enjoyed, question. What I've enjoyed about it, and we're going to talk about it a little bit today as well, um, and as I've led some groups through some some books of my own, have a little stack over here, some different ones that, that, that I've enjoyed over years walking through some folks. And um, it's really nice to, uh, again, like you're talking about, to kind of ward off um, some of even this, the the staleness that can creep into a meeting no matter, you know, you do any activity weekly, twice or twice a month. Um, you just want to inject some freshness into it and having a, having a focused something agenda point to get to that's just different, Mm -hmm. unusual and, Mm -hmm. and gets us thinking about, um, maybe our, our, our craft or Mm -hmm. gets us thinking about, uh, us as spiritual leaders or just as Christ followers in a different way mm-hmm. has been helpful to just give us like, there's like a little mini finish line to work towards, which is nice. That's that's well said. Yep. All right. Before we get to the first book that we'll mention and I'll have you name it. Yep. Um, um, just real quick heads up for you guys. Um, we've, we've got Ash Wednesday coming up. We're an ancient future church. And a lot of times people come to our church and they're like, you do what you do Ash Wednesday. What is that? Or mm-hmm. I ran away from the Catholic church. Why are you pulling me back? Anyway, we love our Ash Wednesday worship. We also were trying to plan our next night of worship, which was powerful and profound. Someone, uh, I have had someone tell me that they experienced a healing at that service. Um, uh, I have had another person tell me they were re-gifted after decades with the gift, the spiritual gift of tongues when they were prayed over at that night of worship service. Just two hmm. little anecdotes, hmm. Harrison. Um, we're, we've, so we've decided to mash those up, and so it's in mid-February, mm-hmm. whatever the date of Ash Wednesday is. February we're, 22nd. We're going to do a, a Wednesday evening night of worship, which is an hour and a half long, so don't come if you're going to get bored. Um <laughs> It's for people who want to be there, uh, and we're, we're going to seek more of the Holy Spirit and a filling. Um, yep. But as part of it, uh, an emphasis, last time we had three major movements in that service. One of the main movements this time will be the Ash Wednesday content, which is around repentance mm-hmm. uh, and acknowledging humbly our mortality. So um, we haven't even put that together yet, but that just sounds like a really— Ancient future mashup, yeah. and I can't wait. It felt like a good mix uh, in terms of what we what we love about our Ash Wednesday service is really uh, setting apart time to uh, to approach God with repentance and to think about this Lent season as we walk with Jesus on His journey to the Lenten cross. Season. Lenten season. Okay, keep going. Uh, Baptist th- guy. Th- yeah, exactly. I'm still learning this, man. 
um, thinking about what we're putting on, what we're taking off over that stretch uh, individually and together. So it's it's going to be exciting. We are looking forward to it. So um, let's get to the books. We got three books today. There's one book that the elders and staff at all of our churches hmm. are reading and studying together at every elder and staff meeting until we're done with the book. And it is... How to Pray, A Simple Guide for Normal People by Pete Grieg. He co-founded the, some of you will have heard of, the 24-7 prayer movement, which has spread around the world. That's all you need to know about him. Um, But we started this. um, Aaron Gibson grabbed this book, the the lead pastor at Lake Forest Church Westlake. um, And we began it with elders and staff when we started our How to Pray series back in November, we wanted to be sure that, and we didn't even tell the congregation. We're not. We're not doing this for show. We wanted to be uh, uh, um, have integrity that the elders and staff are learning similar things uh, uh, as that we're asking the congregation to learn. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so how has that gone at each of our Huntersville staff meetings, Harrison? Um, it's been a, it's been really neat each time, and, and it's been also just cool getting to hear. Um, different staff members have have jumped in and have kind of led discussion on each each section which is kind of just neat yeah the hearing. pastors are not allowed to lead these mm-hmm. book dis- chapter discussions so it's been other staff and elders sign up yeah it's been kind of cool just hearing some of the gifting of of some of our other staff members and, and hearing how people uh, approach things differently here's a here's a cool little snippet from our meeting just this week and Lauren Cunningham uh, led that one for us um, it, it was a chapter on Who's 21 who was 21 years old yes and had some had a couple nuggets of wisdom that made Mike stand up out of his chair and go what <laughs> I did um, <laughs> we were we were going through a chapter on uh, petition petitionary prayer how to ask God for things and why it's important to ask God for things. So the author, uh, Pete Grieg, says in this chapter, um, asking God is important for three reasons. He said, first, because asking is relational in a way that just wishing is not. Oh, I wish this would happen. Mm-hmm. Having to ask somebody, if I'm asking you, hey, Mike, can can you help me with blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah? Um, there's a relational aspect to that. Second reason uh, is that it is vulnerable. For me to ask you, Mike, for help with something is me revealing a vulnerability when we ask God for help. It's it's even just in the asking is a way of us saying, I need help with this. I don't it's have risky. it all together. It's, it's a way mm-hmm. of opening your heart to someone in a marriage when you ask for something you need or want. That's a risk. It's an opening of your heart, and the same dynamic happens between us and the Lord. It's why we ask. Yeah, and, and then it says the third asking is intentional. It's, it's something that we have to actually sit down and make a, a, a conscious effort to do. So the the book for me has been filled with a lot of cool things like that that I just haven't necessarily thought about in that way before. So it's been Yeah, cool. and, and with the elders at each of our elder meeting, we, we run a chapter of it. And uh, it's been uh, similarly neat to hear how each elder engages with that chapter and then how they choose to have the rest of the elders discuss it. And with the elders, we uh, I think almost every time they've ch- we also have whoever's leading lead us in a brief prayer exercise at the end. So we mm-hmm. we don't just talk about prayer; we pray. So this takes a chunk of our meetings. Um, this is de- very dedicated, special time um, because they're not meetings. These are the spiritual leaders of our church, you know. Yep. And so it's very important time. It's it's treasured 
time, valuable time. Uh, and to allocate it this way says something about priority. But the elders, typically, we've chosen to have, I think at our last elder meeting, we were over at Westlake, I think it was three minutes of full-on silence is what hmm. the elder, uh, Denise Tornberg led that one, and it, wow. was, it was outstanding. What's been neat um, that's happened, I don't know if you've noticed this, Mike, but since specifically since we started going through this book, um, in our, our staff meetings always begin with God stories. And, and sometimes um, those God stories will have, there, there's an unfinished piece of it or some, some need that's still ongoing. And since we started this book, I've noticed very regularly over the past couple of months that someone will share something and then another person around the room will be like, hey, can we stop and just pray for that right now? You're right. And our meeting will stop and You're we'll right. just take a minute. Someone will pray for whatever the thing is and then we'll move on. But like the the regularizing, regularization right. of prayer that I feel like. That was one kinda, of the early chapters. Too. Yeah, it was kind of concurrent with it. Now it's just been more normal. I hadn't noticed that. Thank yeah. you for naming that. I didn't until I just thought about it in connection with this book. The so. second book we'll mention today that is influencing your church staff in specific, particularly who are influencing you if you're a part of Lake Forest Huntersville um, in the run-up to our 25th anniversary, our um, elders and I, our elders and pastors have been noticing parts of our um, our culture, our leadership, our, our um, finance, our HR, our structural culture, where we're still acting like a mom-and-pop mm-hmm. operation, and we need to professionalize in the best possible sense of that word and grow up and, and live into our size. And one of those ways is our supervisory culture. We think needs more uh, professionalization, formalization. We need to be a better place to work for those who have a supervisor. So uh, I asked our uh, personnel team, which is made up of HR professionals in our congregation uh, who volunteer on this team, um, I asked them for recommendation of a book for all the supervisory staff at Lake Forest Huntersville, which is seven or eight people, um, to uh, do a study together this fall and winter to raise our temperature of talking about skillful management of people and development of people and developing a a common language for it. We've never done that. So we've been reading The Making of a Manager, What to Do When Everyone Looks to You by Julie Zuo. Uh, She was an early manager in Facebook and has hired, gone on to hire hundreds and thousands of people. Mm -hmm. And um, to me, the content of the book has been fine. It's been good. Um, it, it's just like good basics of how to be a good manager or supervisor of people. There was a, a period of time when pastoral leaders like me went through a phase of saying leader is a good word, manager is a bad word. I went through a phase of my life, and I have repented of that. Everyone needs someone managing uh, them, supervising, who cares about their work, cares about roadblocks they're encountering, cares about how do you want to develop as a valuable um, contributor to uh, an organization and economy, whether it's at our church or you go on somewhere else with your career, et cetera, et cetera. So we're trying to be better managers and and to really aspire to that. Mm -hmm. Um, Mostly, I've just liked the fact that twice a month, we've never done this before. Our supervisors are in a room in my office. We're crammed into my office because it's not that big. It gets hot. Um, and, and we're just talking about the skills of managing. Mm-hmm. 
what's been really what's that been like for you? Well, we've we've talked about this some, uh, Mike, but some of the coolest stuff of that I think has been um, an opportunity. Number one, to see even though so many of the ministry teams that we lead are different, um, and we focus on such different areas that there have uh, been such. Um, the points that we are similar are really similar and have so many crossovers, mm-hmm. even between working in a uh, worship arts area and children's ministry or youth or um, Miss Day and the teams that Andrew's leading. So kind of the, 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 uh, the help we've been able to give each other in that team mm-hmm. um, has been more profound than maybe we would think because you would think that our, our areas are so different and don't have as much crossover. So be, uh, a next step of that has been, I think, um, kind of an increased, uh, even outside of the meeting between those of us who are managers, just kind of mm-hmm. picking each other's brain of like, Hey, I have this situation. Yes. How would, how either, how would you handle this? Or it may involve maybe a person that's a part of both of our ministries. Can we partner in this together to figure out a good solution to it? We're, Maybe we weren't having that much talking across mm-hmm. ministries before, which has been helpful. You're right, and we uh, our HR team instituted something at the same uh, a year ago. I don't know if I've mentioned this here before. Um, we to be a, a kingdom of God oriented workplace. Like I'm not, a, I'm never embarrassed when a congregation member goes, "Man, how come the church employees get all this vacation and pretty generous retirement benefits and a sabbatical every?" six or seven years. I don't get that. I'm never embarrassed at that. I'm like, we have an opportunity to put the best, as best we can tell kingdom of God values into our workplace. And that includes our HR team has started using a non-industry specific employee survey annually uh, of how are we doing as simply a place to work, a good place to work. It's by the Gallup organization and as I've mentioned this, a number of people in our congregation have said, oh, yeah, our, uh, I don't know if it's B of A or Wells, one of the major banks. Oh, they use this. Somebody else uses it for their manufacturing company, et cetera. It's a short survey that asks employees have carefully developed over many years and re- well-researched survey of how are we as a place to work. And we took it the first year, and the number one thing we found, our, our employees are all like, dude, we're all in on the mission. Hmm. Um, and if that if we had not scored the highest possible score on that, I I should have been fired. Um, however, the number one weak point was I would really like more work focused s- meetings with my supervisor, and we were like, oh dang, that's right. We're so informal and mom and pop, and we're trying to be relational. Hey, how you doing? That we don't get around to work focused, goal focused. So that's how we've been growing in the last year, mm-hmm. and we just took the survey again and. Uh, our staff said every measure except one improved of a good place to work. So we were super encouraged by that, and the HR team is analyzing that data for uh, the next focused uh, improvement. Okay, one more book. One more book, and this one is mine. Um, and this, uh, I, I think I told you guys I was so struck hearing the, the most read Christian author in the last generation is Max Lucado. Hmm. Probably a lot of people listening have heard the name. You've, if you've been a Christian for decades, you've likely read one book or heard him speak, and he's like America's Christian pastor guy mm-hmm. uh, in a devotional sort of a way. I heard a podcast uh, where he was interviewed about 
his book, his most recent book that came out last fall is called Help is Here, Finding Fresh Strength and Purpose in the Power of the Holy Spirit. Hmm. I can remember hole number seven where my ball was in the rough in Lancaster, Pennsylvania at the end of a conference I was at in October when I was listening to this podcast uh, when he said at his age, he's in his mid-60s, <laughs> after praying for several months for a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit and, and eagerly desiring the spiritual gifts, he received the gift of tongues for the first time in his life. Wow. Uh, <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm getting that book. <laughs> um, so all that to say, I just I finished the book on a recent study leave uh, attached to a conference in Orlando. And I, um, I recommend the book highly. It's 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 just part of I'm I'm sequentially reading books on the Holy Spirit, you all, and it's informing my preaching and teaching and leadership and just my own personal life. And I have a certain prayer that I'm praying every day, uh, and I'm been led to pray this prayer for months uh, with the Holy Spirit. Uh, I won't tell you exactly what the prayer is, but I'm doing that. And um, just two things from I, I make notes in book jackets when I read the things that. Like ten years from now, yeah. If I want to go back and go, what did I get out of this book? And so here, I'm just going to mention two. Um, uh, one of his suggestions of being relational and familiar with the Holy Spirit, often asking for the Holy Spirit's help, the Helper, Jesus said, and then expecting it is ask the Holy Spirit by name, questions, and for revelation when meeting with people as their pastor. Huh. Hmm. And. I'm doing that now. I had been I had been doing that generically at my best as pastor. When I meet with someone, I would say, Holy Spirit, I learned this prayer from, um, I forget his name. Uh, I just lost it again. Not Dan Allender, but whoever he was influenced by. Um, and uh, to pray, Holy Spirit, would you just please... Uh, connect with the Holy Spirit between me and the Holy Spirit and this other person and bless them through our time together. Hmm. I'm now being more specific. Holy Spirit, would you would you even give me some form of revelation or insight that is specific to what this person needs, whether they know it or not, in our time together? Hmm. Uh, so that's one thing. Uh, I think a biblical uh, eye-opener that Lucado emphasized was, and this was toward the end of the book, he saved it for the end. Because those who are seeking more of the Holy Spirit are often looking for a word or guidance or it can it can devolve into wanting a feeling or an experience yep. all the time. And if I don't have that, I must not have the Holy Spirit. We want to stay away. That's why I've been afraid to emphasize the person and work of the Holy Spirit, but I'm not being afraid of that anymore. But we'll just always say, stay away from the danger of over-personalizing it. It's about the Holy Spirit telling me which cereal to pick yep. out of my pantry. The, the Holy Spirit is not, ben, that's not beneath the Holy Spirit. <laughs> the Holy Spirit's a friend. And if a friend is with you at the pantry door, you're like, ah, is this like a, 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 a frosted many wheats day or a granola day, you know? Yep. But the Holy Spirit's priority, uh, he says, is communication of the gospel. And he gave a statistic in the book of Acts of how many times it says they were filled, literally filled with the Holy Spirit or the Spirit came upon them, and and the purpose in the moment was powerful communication of the gospel. 
And of course, when the Holy Spirit first comes and acts, when Jesus says, wait, and the Holy Spirit will come on you, and what's the purpose that he said in Acts 1-8? You will be filled with the Holy Spirit, and you will be my witnesses, witnesses, proclaiming the good news and the person and work of Jesus Christ. So that was really helpful to me. It was very focusing, Harrison, that the priority of the Holy Spirit is the communication of the gospel. And that's very focusing for me as I lead our church to continue in this emphasis as we walk through the book of Luke uh, the first half of this year. Hmm. There's only one problem with that, Mike. I'm not sure the story you told at the beginning was totally accurate because you had previously said, you only hit golf balls in the fairway, yeah. and you never end up in the rough. When so. did I say that? I don't. Maybe I'm misremembering I, it. I don't think I've ever said. I, I that. thought I heard you say fairway to green, fairway to green. No, That's that, all. You that hit. would be the biggest lie <laughs> I've ever told. However, I did play Friday. Fridays are my day off. I played with my mentor Ken Schultz. Love him, and we were thrown in with two guys who were up from South Charlotte at the Tradition. Uh, it's a public golf course in university area. So you hit, a, you hit the rough once or twice that day? Once or twice, uh, yeah. okay. but not well. that often because as it turned out later in the afternoon, one of these were two good guys we got thrown in with randomly. And um, usually when they find out mid-round that I'm a pastor, you know, they finally <laughs> get around on like whole, I like, I prefer for it to be later in the round. Yeah. You know, I try to stay, I'm evasive uh, for a number of holes, as many as I can be of what I do. And then I tell them, and I, I think I've mentioned this before, it's just, it's priceless uh, to watch the look on their face as they rewind and they're thinking of all the GDs and the mofos and the, <laughs> yeah. they, they've been dropping everywhere, yeah. um, which is like part of most people's golf game. It's just, I love it to death. It's so much fun. Um, <laughs> but these guys were not like that. They, they, were, they, were, they were just really pleasant, congenial, uh, seemed like solid dudes. And and their language was clean. So when they found out, the guy's like, oh, what church? Blah, blah, blah. Anyway, long story short, one of them had, has is a, a leader in a church in South Charlotte uh, that was planted about uh, six, seven years ago. And I coached that pastor, Wes, um, uh, as he planted that church in a sister denomination of ours, Waypoint Community Church. And so Pastor West texted me just yesterday, and he goes, hey, one of our Waypointers told me you've got a, you've got, you, you have pretty strong golf game. Nice. Uh, yeah, so nice. I, I, did, I did play well Friday. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, uh, on behalf of Lake Forest and of the staff, you know, just thanks to you, Mike, and leadership team and even our elders for helping shape over time a, a culture where uh, we try to continuous, continuously be learners. I know that's not really something you can turn off, Mike, because I'm, 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 I'm wired similarly to you. When I do the strength finders, one of my things is learner. I like gathering mm-hmm. new info, mm-hmm. facts, data, reading new stuff, but it's cool making that a part of the uh, culture around here of us always trying to get better and not being content with where we're at. So I think it's it an helps unwritten, us out. It's an unwritten, we attract staff and elders uh, and congregants uh, who value learning, I think, because it's an unwritten just part of who we are, and I love that about our church. Sure. And you guys, uh, and we'd love to hear uh, if, if you email us 
What's it again? AskLFC at LakeForest.org. Books that you've been reading that are in any directions of what we've been learning together as a church over the last year that you might want us to give a shout out to the rest of our listeners regarding. Hey, love you all. Um, I'm looking forward this Sunday to continue our series uh, looking at Jesus and the Gospel of Luke. See you then. See ya.